0: Hi, and welcome to the final wake up. I'm your host, Madison Palika, holistic health coach, certified HeartMath mentor, published author of a number one Amazon new release, and creator of eBooks and courses that help you become the best you possible. I am passionate about bringing light to a world full of darkness and confusion. After becoming deathly ill, as well as severely anxious, and having doctors give me no solutions, I had to find my own way to health. I was mind blown by the things that I was finding and I became obsessed with helping other people find health and happiness outside of the system too. I'm here to help you become happy and empowered so that you can also live a life full of meaning. You will love the final wake up if you're ready to dodge the traps that this world has set for you. If you want more, you can head to my Instagram page at madison.powika. Join my club at the link in my bio to be the first one to know about sales, products, launches, life updates, and to get early access and discounts. And now on to today's episode. All right, welcome to the second part of this course where I am going to be telling you my story and I'm so excited. I honestly feel like a lot of this is just like (laughs) from a past life and so going over all this stuff again with just like bringing up all these things that I had totally forgot about and I can't believe that this is the person I used to be. It's so crazy. I cannot believe it. And I have no idea where my life would have been if I had continued on this path. So let me start literally from the very beginning. I was born in Utah. My dad converted to the church in his 20s, I think. And my mom never converted. So... I grew up with my dad as a member and my mom as a non-member, which in Utah is not really the norm. And you could definitely tell by the way that people treated or reacted to my mom. We had just a small family here. My dad's only sibling, so my aunt, she was also Mormon. And I think that's kind of what led my dad to join the church and to move to Utah. My sisters and I were all baptized. And my mom actually did come to church with us, at least for the younger part of my life. She would come to church with us. As I grew up, I was really heavy into dance. I danced at a studio, so I remember I would have dance like every night of the week. It was really intense for a little kid, but it took up so much of my time. And because of that, I couldn't go to the Wednesday night activities. Uh, Was it called like mutual? Uh... I don't know, maybe there's a different name. I can't really remember anymore. But that was the very first time that I specifically remember ever receiving negativity from people in the church, but more specifically, my own friends, where I would get on the bus Thursday mornings, and it'd be like, we didn't see you last night. Or like, where were you last night? You missed again. And that was just so foreign to me. My parents weren't really the type to, like, force us to go to girls' camp or to do trek. I never did any of that kind of stuff. And because of that, that was another negative reaction from my peers. Another specific instance I remember was wearing a bikini to... What is it? Activity days? Achievement days? Like, the little girl get-together once a week or something. We went swimming and... I showed up in a bikini not thinking anything of it and all the other girls were in one pieces and I just remember getting these weird looks and feeling so ashamed and I was just a little girl at this point it was honestly just really confusing and then came baptism so I actually got baptized at nine years old because again I had dance all the time and I could never find a time to actually schedule my baptism and I don't necessarily remember getting, like, negative comments or anything about this, but I just remember feeling left out that all of my friends were baptized to eight years old, and here I was a year later, still not in that little club. And I was excited to do it. Um, mostly, I just had fun, like, practicing with my dad doing this, and I was so excited to have a little party in a white dress. I remember I loved my baptism dress it was awesome. So as we started to get older, like entering into my teens, my oldest sister's probably, yeah, in her 20s by now, we all start dipping out of church earlier and earlier. Uh, we celebrate the days that my parents say we don't have to go or I remember faking sick or pretending like I was still sleeping so I wouldn't have to go. And if there's every time we didn't have to go, it was like celebration or even like if we did go, The only reason I would is because, well, one, when I was younger, after church, my dad would let me drive his car home and that was exciting. And then the other reason was that (laughs) as I started to get older, I knew that after sacrament meeting, we would go get Taco Bell. If we missed our church meeting, if they didn't see us that week, like literally day of, it'd be a knock and cookies at the door with a note Which is like, it sounds like such a sweet gesture, but it just felt so condescending. And then the next week we'd go to church and it'd be like that typical greeting of like, oh, Sister Polika, we missed you. And it's like, no, you didn't. (laughs) Don't, don't talk to me like that. Or the worst was how the church and everyone in it was always trying to convert my mom. Like endlessly trying to convert my mom. We even had one of the quorum of the 70. I'm pretty sure he just showed up at our house randomly. And like, my dad recalls it as this amazing experience. But in my mind, I was like, yo, this guy's making me miss dance. And I miss dance that day because we ended up like listening to him. My mom, many, many years later, still not a member. I honestly don't think she ever will be. In middle school, I remember another very specific memory of being in the car with my friends. It was a whole bunch of us. Uh, someone's parents came and picked us up to drive us home from a party. And it was like, all the kids were kind of playing, having fun, maybe the parents were making like small talk. But then it was like, suddenly the dad was like, so Maddie, your mom's not a member. And I just didn't know what to do. Like I felt embarrassed in front of my friends. I didn't understand why that was a big deal. And I really remember feeling the heaviness and the judgment about it. And I told my parents and it upset them too. It was like, why why is a parent having that type of conversation with a kid in front of their friends? Uh, time goes on. I go to high school, never take seminary. I went to church less and less. Pretty much I would only go if there was a farewell or a homecoming. And it'd be like, you see your friends in, in sacrament meeting and then you peace out and you go get free food. Loved that. But still, even as much as I was skipping out on meetings or not going, it was still what I believed because it was all I had ever known in my entire life. And I even was one of those judgmental people. Like, I remember I would see people who came home from their mission early and I would be like, oh, like, I wonder what they did. Like, they're not worthy. I could never marry them. I had no concept back then of like, A mission being basically two-year free labor where you're paying. The missionaries and their families are paying the church to go do, like, slave labor for them for two years straight. And back then, they weren't allowed to talk to their families or do any of that. They didn't have the technology, no iPhones. Like, no wonder people came home early. I would be miserable and depressed too. But all I knew, personally, was that I hated the culture. And I could see just this, like, specific life routine that everybody followed and I didn't want any part of that like the you're born you get baptized you go to the temple you do baptisms for the dead you either go on a mission or you wait for a return missionary immediately like 20 21 years old you get married in the temple you get sealed you have so many babies and then you raise your babies in the faith too and then those babies continue the fruit the future of the church and continue with their tithing payments, right, without a second thought because they've just been born into it. And just like me, it's all they've ever known. And for most people, it's all that they ever will know. So I personally decided to go out of state for college because I was like, I do not want to get caught up in this routine. I gotta get out of here. So I went to TCU, Texas Christian University, totally alone, and it rocked my world. Complete culture shock. Foundation ripped away from me. I had never experienced anything like this. So much partying. Like, lack of morality. I didn't fit in there. People thought I was weird. When they heard I was Mormon, they thought I had two or more moms. And I just felt like an alien. Like, I had landed on this whole new planet and I was so confused. Also, before I even went to college, I really wanted a patriarchal blessing because I just wanted spiritual guidance, like I knew I was going on this journey by myself, I wanted guidance, and my bishop, because he hadn't seen me at church, which I personally felt like I was going to church a lot, but it was just at all these other wards, because it'd be a homecoming, and then a farewell, and then a farewell, and another farewell, and a homecoming, so he didn't see me, but I was going to church, and I genuinely wanted this spiritual guidance, but I wasn't worthy enough, so I didn't get that blessing, even though I really felt like I needed it. So I went to Texas, like, expecting that maybe outside of Utah, I would finally be able to gain my own testimony. Like, a real one that wasn't just based off of what my community was saying, and not just based off of the same worded testimonies that I would hear every Sunday in fast and testimony meeting. I ended up getting this liberal boyfriend, and this is when, like, gay marriage was in the heat of social debate, and I remember him... Pressing me on things like, do you believe in gay marriage? And I'd be like, no. And he would be like, okay, well, why? I'm like, because my religion, like, we don't believe in gay marriage. And you'd be like, okay, why? And I came up empty. And I had no idea what to say. I was blank. And I started realizing one, I barely know what it is I believe in. But two, the things that I think I believe in, I don't even know why. I don't even have a reason to believe these things. And that was when my Mormon foundation really started to crumble. But even then, it was like, I still considered myself Mormon because I didn't realize that it was a set of beliefs that you're supposed to have as a person. I just thought it was an identity. Like, oh, I was born Mormon. Hey guys, I just wanted to pop in really quick and let you know that Baby Steps Fellowship is now open. This is a exclusive Facebook group of baby Christians people who need community and structure on this new spiritual path. This exclusive group gets access to five amazing features. A once monthly underground church held on Zoom where we can all connect. Weekly Bible study challenges like a Bible book club. We'll all be on the same page and then we can ask questions and discuss what we're learning all together in the same place. The third feature is monthly biblical topics of discussion. Things that get highly distorted or taken out of context so we can all dive in to know what the true meaning really is. Fourth, we're gonna have a testimony spotlight. This is a chance for each one of the members to have the spotlight on them to share their story and to get love and prayers. And finally, it's an amazing community of other baby Christians to learn and grow with. You can sign up at the link in my Instagram bio or DM me if you have other questions. And back to the episode. So I started doing more research. Um, I came across things like the Mormon Stories podcast, CES Letter, and the more that I started learning about the church and the more I disagreed with them and inevitably started agreeing with my liberal boyfriend, right? (laughs) I started to fall away. I started to question my faith and my foundation started to completely crumble to the point where I was just free falling with absolutely nothing to grasp onto. And there was nobody who was going through that same experience as me, at least at that time. There was almost nobody I knew that had left the church or had even questioned the church. So I felt so alone and I was so deeply depressed inside. And this was happening to a girl who, in high school, wrote down her five-year plan to marry a hot return missionary surfer boy in the Salt Lake Temple. Like, I cannot believe, like, who knows what I would be doing if I had never left Utah. That probably would have come to pass, and that's so scary. So, by my senior year of college, I was pissed off that I had been lied to by people I had trusted, that I'd been lied to by an organization that comes in the name of God, right? And I was pissed that people were so in denial and so unwilling to look at the truth, but even more pissed that an entire community had been completely manipulated and deceived into devoting their entire life to this false dark deceptive religion and that they would never question it because they had been that effectively brainwashed i seriously couldn't believe it and i was so angry for a good amount of time but eventually other people around me started coming to the same conclusions so after senior year i got really sick i'm sure that the depression and anxiety from the faith crisis for sure had something to do with it but i was a mess And I literally couldn't do anything. I had to come back to my hometown that I swore to myself I would never, ever, ever return to, never live in again. Here I was back in Orem. Uh, But I mean, God just has his mysterious ways. So I started doing all this research on health and just like trying to heal myself. And a lot of the stuff I was learning was blowing my mind. Like, the way that our bodies are designed, the way that the earth and the environment is designed, the way we interact with each other so perfectly, led me to the conclusion that, okay, like, even if, even though the LDS church is a false church, there has to still be a God. Like, there is too much evidence, too much precise design in this life and in this planet and this universe for there not to be some god, some loving, creative designer. At this point, though, I had recognized that something is deeply wrong with this planet. And maybe you followed me on Instagram or watched some of my, like, Facebook posts or whatever, but I still even refer to this planet as the Matrix because there's all these, like, nefarious systems that we are trapped in and slaves to. And I just could recognize that everyone on this planet is suffering. Everyone has anxiety. Everyone has depression. Everyone's struggling with mental health and suicide. Like something is literally wrong with this place. So even when I was lost and confused, I still had this faith in the belief of a God. And I personally was going to make it my mission to bring heaven to earth. So there was still this peace in me, that was calling out to heaven, which, of course, is placed into all of our hearts by God. So I dabbled in a bunch of other stuff. I got into New Age, Hinduism, Buddhism, occultic practices, witchcraft, I was doing rituals, consulting mediums, and I continued, much to my surprise, to fall into more deception, just one after the other, without realizing any of it was deceiving me. So finally, in 2020, when the... P word and the CV thing broke out, I realized that I'd been deceived by my political beliefs and that people I trusted were also lying to me. And I was like, oh, great. Like <laughs> bringing up past trauma. Frick. So I had to deal with that. And I started, again, going into this deep, deep research, realizing that all of the other things I had dabbled in, like new age and the, the occult, the witchcraft, that those were deceptions too, and that they were leading me away from God. Even though, in my mind, they were from God. But, I mean, I was just totally ignorant and totally deceived. So, my research, everything that I came to in all these different rabbit holes, started pointing to two things. Well, three things. One, the devil. Like, a real existence of Satan, which I didn't think was a thing. But things kept leading to the existence of the devil and him having a pretty good following, Second thing it led me to was the Bible. Third thing it led me to was God and Jesus Christ. So me being traumatized by a Christian religion hated the Bible. I even wrote a book. I actually, yeah, I published my book. It was a number one new release on Amazon called Make Your Own Magic. I wrote it, oh my gosh, I published it at the end of 2019, literally December, 2019. And by March, 2020, I had completely canceled myself and rejected all the claims, well, a lot of the claims from that book, because in that book, I bashed the Bible, and I talk about how it's just like uh, the game of telephone, and how it, like, is biased, and it can't be true, and it just is, like, all mushed up, but, you know, fun fact, the Bible is not at all like the game of telephone. They had writing 2,000 years ago, of course, and it's actually the most well-documented manuscript or book in all of ancient history. The most documented one. Like, there's more proof for the Bible than any other ancient text in existence. So, that's pretty crazy. I still wanted the truth at this point so badly, and I was so sick of being deceived that I decided to open my mind and open my heart and just give it a chance. But at this rate, it was like, shit, man, if I'm giving a chance to the Bible, that must mean that I am going to have to give a chance to the Mormon church. Like maybe all these things in their history were bad, but maybe their doctrine is good. Like maybe it really is from God, but people have just corrupted it. So the first shocks came when I started reading the gospels and Jesus himself was contradicting well-known teachings from the Mormon church. The main one that shook me was Jesus saying that there is no marriage in heaven. I grew up Mormon, and then I left the church when I was 18 years old. I ventured through New Age spirituality, Buddhism, Hinduism, and then over the course of 2020, I came back to the Bible. So with this new understanding, I've been trying to figure out if the Mormon religion is biblically accurate. One of the traditions in the Mormon church is to seal people together, which is like, if you're married, you can get sealed in the temple so that you will be eternally married even in heaven. And this is a pretty big deal here. So yesterday during my Bible study, I came across something in Luke chapter 20. The Sadducees posed a question about who this woman who was married to seven brothers would be married to in the resurrection. And this is Jesus's reply. Marriage is for people here on earth, but in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. The commentary says Jesus emphasized marriage is an institution for this life. And I was like, why then are people going through these elaborate sealing rituals in the temple to be married in heaven and to be sealed to their families? And I was shook. I'm like, okay, that's already one huge contradiction. Like that is red flag on the part of the Mormon church. And it was even crazier because I'm like, wait, isn't that necessary for salvation in the Mormon church? So slowly but surely, as I started to keep studying and learning more, it all fell apart. And I realized that truly, the LDS Church is teaching a false Jesus and a false gospel and claiming themselves to be Christians, but they are not at all. Since then, over these last two years, the Spirit has gifted me with so much clarity and understanding. I never even really truly knew who Jesus was, and I think that was maybe the biggest Like, the biggest barrier for me was I didn't understand who he was, why he mattered, why he had to die for our sins, why do we pray in his name? I had no idea who Jesus truly was. But now, because of the Bible and everything that it's taught me, I understand now that the matrix we live in is of satanic design. Like, the origin of this whole matrix is talked about in the Bible. The entire thing is completely explained. So it was like I had all these little tiny puzzle pieces of life and I was trying to fit them together and I was so confused. And then now the Bible gave me like the box top to the puzzle of like, this is the big picture. And suddenly all those little puzzle pieces started clicking into place. And now I have so much more understanding than I ever have before in my whole life. When the Bible says that Satan is the god of this world, lowercase g, It's totally true. Like, just to think that he had me falling into different traps over and over and over and over and being deceived until I was 23 years of age? 23 years of my entire life, Satan had me. Like, that's insane. So I just kept, you know, seeking the truth, not realizing that I would end up here at the truth with a capital T. Truly, the bottom of every rabbit hole is Jesus. He is the answer. He is the exit to the matrix. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and he genuinely meant that. So at the end of the day, my burning prayer for everyone in this course is that they can be healed from their religious trauma. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to say this as a prayer. Lord, I pray to you for everyone taking this course that they may be healed from their religious trauma. And that they can finally plant their feet on a solid, firm foundation that is you, Lord. I'm not here to convince or persuade you. I know that God already has that handled. And I'm just here to offer you my perspective, my story, community, fellowship, support, and the truth that through years and years and years of seeking, I have finally come to. And God says, those who seek shall find and I mean, he meant it. He kept his promise because I'm here, baby. <laughs> so really, I just want this to be a safety net for you because I know what it's like to free fall and not have anything there to catch you. I, I'm i not trying to convince you of God or persuade you, but if he latches onto you and snatches you up the way he did to me, then honestly, praise God. He is so good. Absolutely nothing would make me happier. So yeah, Lord, I pray over all these people that these veils of deception may be lifted that their eyes may be open to see and their ears be open to hear i pray for them to find community here and to be able to go on with their lives without this bitterness and anger and resentment but to be renewed by your spirit lord i love you so much and i pray for these people to feel your love and peace in their lives and i say these things in the name of our savior jesus christ amen Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Final Wake Up. I hope this episode sparks a flame in you to march forward in your journey for truth, health, Happiness and meaning. If you want to dive even deeper down the rabbit hole, go to my Instagram at madison.polika. There I have so many highlights dedicated to spreading even more information and value. You can also join the club with my email list, linked in my bio, to stay up to date on all the latest news, sales, and new offerings or if you want to talk to me personally please send me a dm i would love to hear from you if you love this episode please subscribe rate and leave an amazing review bonus points if you share this to your story and write what you learned tag me in it so that i can connect and see how this has actually helped you if you know somebody who would really appreciate this or somebody who desperately needs to hear what i talked about in this episode Please send this to them. Together, we can bring light to this world full of confusion and help people thrive. Thank you and see you next time.